you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Folks, my guest this evening is a dear brother in the Lord. Cleve McClary is First Lieutenant Patrick C. McClary III. He's retired USMC, but he is a professional speaker and author and a wonderful, wonderful brother in Christ. Um, His testimony is absolutely amazing, and uh, we felt that there was no one we'd rather have on for Veterans Day, and so we... Uh, he, we prevailed upon him to graciously agree in the midst of an extremely busy schedule to come on the broadcast. And so, Klebe, thank you so much, brother, for coming to talk with us this evening. Oh, man, thank you for letting me, let me have the honor of being on, and I just appreciate what you do and love those folks in Tennessee. They talk about as bad as I do. <laughs> well, Folks, if you do not know Klebe's story, we're going to get a bit of it as we talk this evening, but there are some other things we're going to talk about as well. Um, Great. For Veterans Day, uh, we're talking with a man who um, won the Silver Star. He was awarded the Bronze Star. He was given three Purple Hearts. Uh, He got the Audie Murphy Award. Um, more awards than, than I have time to share, but one of them was the Order of the Palmetto, which is the highest honor a civilian can receive from the state of South Carolina, and it was bestowed by Governor David Beasley. And uh, I'll tell you this, um, all the awards this man has received, uh, he is deserving, but um, there's going to be another kind of award or reward that uh, he's really looking forward to. And that's when he sees Jesus. So I'm, I'm grateful to have him on the broadcast. Klebe, welcome. And thank you for taking time. Thank you, Jim. I can say the greatest reward I got is uh, be wounded and coming home. And I've been in church and a lot of religion, but I had a personal relationship with a living savior and I hadn't gotten over it. And the second thing after that is my wife was, if we make it Easter Sunday, be 56 years. And for a teenage girl, been 19, I think, 20-something days, mm. she married me on Easter Sunday. I had three days off from the Corps, and she has tied my shoes and bathed me and made my sandwiches and dressed me and done everything for 56 years without complaining. Just this Praise day God. and time when the people don't want to, help anybody else. I got a wife that's just done everything. It's been unbelievable. Lord's really blessed me. Praise God. Well, you were, um, you were gainfully employed to say the least, uh, when you decided to sign up and, uh, go with the Marines during Vietnam, which was a very unpopular war, as you know, and that's one of the things that motivated you to want to serve your country was you saw the way that, uh, veterans were being, uh, you know, disrespected and the 
country and the flag were being disrespected during the Vietnam War. And so you signed up to go. What was your job when you decided to leave and join the Marines? Well, I had a high school coach as assistant, but we, we had some success and had a team unscored on undefeated and had a chance to be a graduate assistant with Paul Diesel and left LSU and then mm-hmm. Army and he came to South Carolina and had a good coaching job. My wife thinks I lost my mind. I, I gave that up. Uh, we won a ball game, and I won't tell you who beat, but we beat a SEMA. And uh, after the game, a group got together and burned an American flag. And, mm. uh, Jim, I wanted to go in the Marines when I finished high school. Uh, I, I had a couple of scholarships to Florida State and Clemson and other places, and but I was all right, but I wasn't, I wasn't big, wasn't strong, wasn't mean. And I said, boy, if I just go in the Marines and get some training and get a little bit meaner and tougher, I'd be a, I might play in ACC or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, Daddy said, you go to Marines, you'll never come back. He, he wouldn't worry about me. He would think about getting killed, but he just said, you just stay there. You'll never get an education. Mm-hmm. So I went on got an education, got into teaching and coaching and loved it. Uh, but then when – we uh, won that ball game, and as folks burned the flag after the game, I, I said, man, I'm going to Marines. I walked off. My wife thought I'd lost my mind. And, well, we weren't married. We were just dating, mm-hmm. and I joined Marine Corps. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't regret it. I think this country and our way of life, free enterprise system, is worth living for, is worth dying for. And Jim, I don't apologize for it. I, uh, we could have won the war six months if they turned us loose. But mm-hmm. um, I, I appreciate it. I served. And I appreciate the discipline and training. I wish every young man in America had to go through boot camp <laughs> and then serve your country before you start college, Peace Corps, medically or militarily. Mm-hmm. I think we could turn this country around. Young people are smarter, stronger, faster, better looking than how we dreamed about being, but they're hungry for discipline. And Marine Corps, for some reason, they give you a little discipline. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Now, when you went to Vietnam, yes, sir. Um, you were uh, on – your battalion's 19th patrol, is that right, when you were I attacked? Had a platoon, I had a small recon platoon. Mm-hmm. We were only 19th patrol. We really were more of a Ford observer. It was a different thing for recon. Mm-hmm. But it was the biggest Operation Rock. It was the biggest operation in Vietnam by that time. We had, a, we were in the middle of a, about a 146-meter hill. In the, we were mountains all around us. It was not a good deal. But I was supposed to locate. We'd already locate the enemy. They were all around us. We knew that. Mm-hmm. And how many and the NVA and who they were and the weapons they had and so forth. But we dropped leaflets, told us folks when we were coming, where we were going, what we are doing. And they did one of two things. They either got out of there or built up so strong they wish they hadn't to, we, we hadn't to come. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. They hit the airstrip, blew up the choppers, blew up the uh, fixed aircraft at Da Nang, mm-hmm. uh, blew up the ammo dump. And the operation got canceled, and they would have liked to have picked us up. But the weather was bad. They couldn't get to us. And I had eight men that had never been in a battle, never been on patrol before, mm-hmm. which is un- I'd never gone out with a group like that. And, and I had the two that died, the ones jumped on a grenade and saved my life. I had taken them off the patrol, and they put themselves back on. Mm-hmm. And both of them were killed, saving my life. So I had good men that fought hard and. The Lord had a plan and some reason to get me off that hill and give me a chance to come home. You came home without your left arm and your left eye. Yeah, and both eardrums were blown out and fingers on one hand. They took the uh, ligaments out of my foot and put my hand and got two and a half fingers working and both legs looked like hamburger meat. 
49 operations in two and a half years of the hospital, and the wife is a great nurse. They got more invested in me than I'm worth, Jim, but it, <laughs> at least God, God gave me a chance. And while I was in the hospital, I came home on leave, and that's where our lives changed for eternity. Praise God. The fellow who jumped on the grenade yeah. knew Jesus in a way that you did not. He did, uh, and I knew that. I, I thought I did. So I didn't drink, didn't smoke, went to school church. Typical American, uh, you know, all-American type kid, didn't mm-hmm. cuss, didn't beat my wife, anything like that, going straight to hell. And we got churches full of folks like me. Yes. They meet, and we got pulpits filled. Yes. I don't mean to judge, but I almost was all in. When I left Clemson, I finished up at Erskine, and they wanted me to go to seminary, and I almost did. And I'm glad I didn't, which that's the greatest calling on earth, but God didn't call me. Mama was prior to trying to call me and daddy trying to pay for it. Mm. God hadn't spoken. And we yeah. got people like that all over America. Amen. But um, I, I went home on leave and uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes got my attention going out there to see Bobby Richardson, the only mm-hmm. guy to be the most valuable in, this, in the uh, World Series and mm-hmm. they lost that one. But on a losing team, I think he won about nine or ten, mm-hmm. and probably, probably one of the greatest witnesses of the Lord in the world. And yes, I'd heard him and knew him, and lived up ninety miles from him. Used to hunt with him. I went out to see Bobby Richardson, Miss America from Ronda K. Van Dyke from Arizona, mm-hmm. and uh, it's somebody I didn't even like. Jim, he was a Yankee. He had long hair. He had loudly clothes. I didn't like a thing about him. And you know, I'm glad it wasn't Bill Glass or <laughs> Tom Landry or Bobby Richardson or. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my heroes, Asian Rogers, whatever, uh, somebody turned me off. And it means uh, people look at me and think I'm a pirate with a patch or one arm, <laughs> I'm a killer and a fugitive, or I got a sudden accent, so I got to be stupid. <laughs> you may not like a thing about me, but that doesn't mean God can't use somebody. Amen. And he used Billy Zioli. His dad had been uh, in prison and memorized the Bible in prison, Anthony Zioli. Yes. They had a movie of him, The Walking Bible. His son, Billy, which turned me off. I would have left if I hadn't been in a wheelchair, but he brought a message. God used to change my life for eternity. And in it, he said, doing his message, there are two kind of fools in this world, a fool for Christ and a fool for others. Mm. He looked out at the crowd that night. He said, whose fool are you? Wow. Whose fool are you? My wife and I were the same way. We had a lot of religion and good people, virgins. We got married, been faithful for 56 years, had everything going had it all in our head, but we didn't have the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus in our heart. Mm. We came forward and knelt and prayed. Sam Anderson from Knoxville, Tennessee. Yep. Uh, had a little country church in Hemingway, South Carolina. He counseled us, went down the Roman road with us. We prayed, received Christ, and we ain't got over it yet, man. I guarantee <laughs> you, the, Lord, the Lord's really blessed us. Praise God. Praise God. We had uh, earlier this year, we had your beautiful daughter, Tara, Um, on our our broadcast and it's beautiful to see the way that your faith um the 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 beautiful radiant faith that you and d have has been uh transferred to your uh daughter and now um to her children and to see the faith being carried on you got to see your grandson graduate from the citadel recently didn't you we just got his ring, getting ready to. That was one of her twins, and the other the twin is in Sanford and Birmingham, and both of them know the Lord. Tara is awesome. And, you know, she married Lee Reeves, yes. uh, son of Dan Reeves. 
And leave was about as wild as anybody I'd, I'd ever let my girls date. I, I spoke to Landry 18 out of 29 years. Uh, we worked out with the Cowboys and all that kind of stuff. But um, Lee right now, you talk about grown. He's a, he's one of the best lawyers in the country, a lawyer's lawyer. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, he may preach for us over with. He does Bible study. He is the best husband and dad I've ever known. And he wasn't like that at the start. But I I tell you what, he is awesome. And they're a great couple. I, I can't help it as my daughter and I, Lee and Tara, or, man, they humble me at times the way they, I wish I could love and show the love to my wife that Lee shows to Tara. It's amazing. It's awesome. Well, the reason I, I mention that is because I want folks to understand that the difference it makes when you really know Jesus is a contagious kind of faith. You know, the bio about you and so forth uh, says very rightly that you have become a symbol of courage and hope to many audiences around the world with whom you've shared your story. And yet the fact of the matter is, in addition to courage and hope, the characteristic I have seen in you over and over and over is joy. There is, oh, there's just, you know that God saved you. Yeah, you no know that you are headed for heaven. You know yes. that whatever comes, you're going to be okay. And that brings a peace that passes understanding. That brings a joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. Even when the circumstances of our life are not easy. It is not easy for you to have to depend on your wife to do a lot of the things that she does for you. But after all these years, the two of you are a beautiful, joyful couple that is clearly in love, not just with each other, but with Jesus. And you love other people well. And I want on this Veterans Day for folks to understand that there is another war that's going on. And that the only victory is in Christ Jesus. He's the only one who can change us like he changed you. And I love what you shared, and I want folks to be sure and get it, that you were both very religious, living good lives. Anybody who knew you and knew, I mean, saw you in church, they would definitely say you were a Christian. But you weren't because you didn't know Jesus. That's that's exactly right. Um, They'd hear me tracks on the way to know him. You know, I don't need that. I know the Lord. I mean, Man, if I'd have died, I'd have split hell wide open. But God gave me another chance, and to hear it in in a very simple way. Praise and God. I do say that my wife said, "Just Jesus, only You." And I got a lot of faults, but I do love people. We we had a 1964 Trailways bus. Grandma lived with us. She went home with the Lord at 89. My wife's mm-hmm. grandmother, my children's great grandma. We went to every state in the union. We've uh, we, we I think we every 250 times a year for 50 years. Wow. I love people. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to realize that, Jim, I owe youth of America my life. It mm-hmm. hadn't been for young men on a hill, many that gave their lives, you wouldn't be talking to me today. If yeah. it hadn't been for a, a teenage wife that loved me and cared for me, gave me a reason and will to live, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And I just like to go to schools and prison and military bases. Had a chance to go to death row at Georgia State Penn, Reedsville, Georgia, with Harold Morris. I don't know if you've ever read. Yes. Pardon the beyond the barrier. He's one of the first guys we ever led to the Lord. Praise and I played flanker and split in. He's the defensive end. You tell the difference in us. He went home with the Lord a couple of years ago, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in Knoxville area. I was in my typical church, about 250 people or something. He was speaking. <laughs> Pat Summits 
arena in Knoxville with 24,000 standing room only. So that's the difference in the way we spoke. He got a tremendous testimony. But I just go in a Marine uniform. I get places that the preachers and other folks don't get. And yep. with teams, I think I've done every pro team in, high, in college and, in, in, I mean, in, in, in the football and baseball Say every major football team I, when Manning was there, they won a national championship in Tennessee mm-hmm. and uh, Alabama and Auburn and Bill Brown. And everybody. But the Lord's opened a lot of doors. Uh, the the Phillies, the Astros, I suppose, to both of them through the years. Uh, uh, Dusty Baker was a Marine, and we were best of friends and, and known him and spoke with Los Florida and his teams and all. God's opened doors, and uh, I just try to jump in on them. I, I live on ocean in South Carolina. I live on Vanderbilt Plantation. I'm I'm seven miles where George Washington stayed with my family in, in 1791. You got to be an idiot to leave there and travel the country and, and live in the back of a bus. I mean, I, I, but I, I love what God's got got us doing, and it's not easy. I promise you, it's not. Yeah. But it's worthwhile if you help one person come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. It's been a good day. Amen. Amen. Your daughter's ministry is all about pointing people to Jesus. Yes, sir. And that's what we seek to do here at Where's Valley Ranch. We are all about pointing people to him because he's the only one who can save. It's not about, you know, following a series of steps in order to turn your life around. It's not about doing this or doing that or doing something else. It's not about checking a bunch of boxes on a, a sheet that says, this is what you must believe. It's about trusting in Jesus, putting your trust completely in him as the only one who can save you, and, and knowing that you need to be saved. You know, that's you right. mentioned thinking on the way to Nam that you were a Christian, that, but you didn't right. know the difference. Yeah. And we want folks to know there's a difference. One of the things I love when kids come here to live at the ranch, is they'll say things like, uh, uh, more than one talking to their parent on the phone after they got here, said God lives here. And that's the truth. He does. Now, this is not the only place he lives, but (laughs) but they encounter him in a real way they've never encountered him before. We've had people who have wanted to work here. And as they've gotten to know this place and know the people in this place, they recognize, and, and many have said, I thought I was a Christian until I spent time at the ranch, and I realized I didn't know that that kind of Christian existed except in the Bible. And they, they meet Jesus. He's the one who saves. And Jesus is the one who has kept you going all these years, sacrificially serving in order to point people to him. Klebe, as you look at what's happening in our country right now, and I don't, oh, I'm, I don't mean from a political standpoint. That's, no, a, that's a whole, whole different thing. I'm talking right. about when you see what's happening spiritually, the state of the church. You talked about people in the pews and people yeah. in the pulpits who don't really know the Lord. What is your burden for the America of today as you see what's going on? Oh, boy. Man, I just pray for it. You know, military just scares me to death. If you talk about Jesus, you're not going to get promoted as a chaplain. Right. If you take a stand and believe like you and I do, you're not going to get promoted as an officer mm-hmm. or enlisted person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you got to play the game of this woke and all this mess. 
I didn't grow up that way, man. I'm telling you right now. And uh, if we don't turn it around, we're going to be speaking a foreign language. And I, I really, I hate to say this, Jim, but I, I don't believe we're going to have a revival unless we get overrun by China or, or Russia or uh, North Korea or whatever, mm-hmm. or if we have a depression that makes the 28-29 look like a walk in the park. Yes. We lose what we got. It's my ministry, my house, my car, my business. My Where's God? He owns it all. Amen. And until we realize that and give him the credit and thank him for what all he's done, the only way everybody talks about a revival, I don't believe it's going to happen until we lose and get our feet knocked out from under. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't believe it. I believe um, you're exactly right, it, brother. It, it's scary. It is scary. And, man, you just, but you can't, they don't want you to get in high schools today. I can't hardly get on a military base anymore. You can't get in prisons other than cell to cell. You can't get them all together. Yep. Uh, it, it, even corporations. Don't want you to defend them. Stand up when a lady comes to the room. Open the door as a lady. Take your hat off when you come to the building. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Nothing wrong with that. And we got to get back to that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think you're exactly right. The only hope is revival. And the only likelihood of revival is if God does whatever it takes to get us on our knees. If we will not get on our knees in humility before God, God will humble us himself. Humble yourself, the Bible says, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself. And if we don't, we're going to get humbled. That's, that's true. You know, I, I, if you'd asked me, and if I'd have been president of SCA, I'd have, I was a you know, leader in, in youth in, in high school and mm-hmm. church and everything, you know, God didn't cause what happened to me, but he allowed it. And yeah. he used it for his glory. If I had not had my feet knocked out from under me, I probably would have never looked up. Yes. My God was football. It was the Marine Corps. It was America. Yeah. Hey, man, you got to know God in a very personal way through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Amen. so that happens, your lifestyle will be changed. You, yeah. And, um, man, so many people told me as a Christian, I thought I was, man. Yep. And I knew all about it. And, and so many people do, but they don't know him in a very personal way. Yes. If you are listening right now to this broadcast and you're thinking something's stirring inside you and you're thinking, man, you know, it, it, could that be me? I, I, I thought I was a Christian. I'll tell you the diagnostic test that is the best diagnostic test I know from evangelism explosion. Very simple yep. question. If God That's were right. to say, why should I let you into my heaven? What would your answer be? And if your answer is, I've done this, I've done this, I haven't done this, I haven't done that, I believe this, I believe that, you're not saved. If your hope is in anything other than Jesus, you're not saved. And I'll tell you this, if your hope is in Jesus plus something, you know, well, I believe I'm going to heaven because uh, because I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and, and I'm trying to live for him, and I'm reading my Bible. No, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not going to go to heaven because of that stuff. Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, Lord. didn't we do this in your name and do this in your name? And where was their confidence? It's in what they did. If you are trusting in anything other than Jesus, you need to get on your knees and ask him to save you because he is the only one who can, and he will. He came to save sinners. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world so that all who trust in him will be saved. Cleve McCleary, you're an example of what God can do. 
and how he can use brokenness and weakness in order to display his strength. Thank you so much on this Veterans Day for being with us and for sharing how God has changed your life and is using you now. Thank you, brother. Hey, man, thank you, Jim, for letting me be with you. I was on that deathbed back then. My men that could walk came by and put a plaque down by me. And on that plaque, it said, in this world of give and take, there are not enough people willing to give what it takes. And all it takes is confessing your sins and inviting the Lord Jesus to come fill that back in your heart that only he can fill. Amen. And man, I'm telling you, you talk about the real peace, real joy, that's where it's at. Amen. Thank you, man. God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. Give my best to D. I'll do it. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE, or contact us on the web at wvr.org.